So I and my not a lot of sounders tonight. Are we live yet? Is the is yeah, the, is live. it over? Okay, great. We're what? live. The fantasy millionaires live. What a start, man! You look good. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm a little aroused right now. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's what I like to do. That beard like just. Mm. Get people, you know, feeling, you know, excited. Now you get me hyped. Yeah, get get excited to see me. You know. I mean, I gotta tell you, I came to a house party once that you were at, you know, a while ago, many years ago, in the olden days. Uh, it was a lot of guys, a lot of bros. You know, there was a there was a push up bro who was there, who was flexing his push up might, and. Uh, <laughs> I watched you like kill a beer, like eat like like the world's hottest something. I don't know, like a hot spicy, you know, sausage something. Somebody gave you something. You ate it. You drank your beer. You went out there and you did like seventy push-ups in in like a short amount of time. And you stood up and you were just like ah. The whole house. I mean, I was there for ten minutes and the whole house was electric. So you know that's the energy you bring, and uh, I'm glad that you're here tonight. I can bang those push-ups out, dude. I still can. You can. You're killing. Yeah. I got, I got, I got push-up muscles, dude. Yeah, man, you, you got them. Um, so, welcome, everybody. Um, episode two. Hot topics? Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought tonight we'd get into, uh, you know, governments mandating vaccines. Um, I wanted to get, I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, Oprah's recent comments on white privilege. Of course. Um, and I thought we'd dive right into Epstein's island. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, speaking of Bobby Silvestri, we could also touch on that. Bobby Silvestri talk, and then uh, maybe wrap it up with some just some history on MK Ultra. You're speaking my language, but but maybe I don't want to hemorrhage. You know the audience, so let's tuck into round two. Of put a pin in that. Yeah, we'll put, put a pin. In we'll it. Put a little pin, and then we'll pivot. Okay. We'll come back. I have Epstein's flight logs, so if you want me to. You know what? That might be a great uh, pivot to three tweets when we jump into that. So, you know, all Epstein all the time. Three tweets. We, we could put, put that on the website too. Yeah. 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 I. I mean, he didn't. He didn't kill himself, so you know, it needs to be known. People want to know. People need to know. People need to know. Yeah. It's kind of so, both. Yeah, tonight is rounds two through three. Um, and this is for a, a snake draft. That's that's the strategy we're talking tonight. Um, starting 10. Uh, in our league, we do two running backs, two wide receivers, and two flexes. And, and a tight end. And a tight end. Yeah, the flexes are RBs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Yep. So you, and, and of course, you do tight end, quarterback, ten, defense, kicker. Um, so, yeah, we, we you know before we get into kind of like where we're picking, I thought you know um, we're gonna be you know doing you know I think our rounds two through three picks are. Um, kind of a blend between ADP and expert consensus rankings. Um, 
So, you know, value-based drafting is, you know, it's the key to winning your leagues. You, you, you have to find value. So, you know, round one is completely different. We were just making our case for the studs. And now the strategy begins, you know. Um, you're trying to form Voltron, you know, with your team. So, And, and depending on that first pick, whether or not you win RB or wide receiver, it's going to really inform the next decision that you make coming around the bend in round two. So I think what we're, we're going to try to avoid just saying, I like this guy better than that guy. This, but I think what we want to do is we want to help you figure out when you're drafting, how you're thinking about building that best squad, depending on each pick. Each pick changes your team and sets you in a different direction. Uh, you know, especially if you're doing something like zero RB, you, you go wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver. You, you, you're, you're changing the game. So we really do want to talk about how we um, assess value dependent, though, on your strategy. Yeah, and I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, I, don't, I don't get the zero RB thing. It's like, I get it if maybe you're in a keeper league and you get you know, like you have a stud wide receiver, like I have a league where I have DeAndre Hopkins every year. Mm. Um, I've done zero RB in that, but you still gotta get a great RB, you know, so it doesn't fit. I think the zero RB moniker would, would, would you know, pertain to the first five, six rounds. Um, right. I think, you know, even this year, I've seen some modified uh, zero RB come out, uh, you know, Pete Overzet, Denny Carter, kind of both of said, all right, listen, you do need to have a stud up front. If you're going to, you know, be in the first, you know, couple picks, you need to get McCaffrey or Saquon or, um, you know, Zeke or whatever. You, you do need a stud. And then after that, you can kind of build your lineup. So for the Scott Fishbowl 10 this year, I, I went modified zero RB. I'll give you my lineup. Uh, first pick was Zeke in, in the sixth spot. I went Zeke. Uh, coming back around, I went Julio Jones. Then I went Matt Ryan. I wanted to do a little, you know, stack attack, which I love to do. Uh, I didn't know Calvin Ridley would be around in the fourth. If I would have known that, I probably would have gone Tyree Kill instead of if Julio. But I got Calvin Ridley, so I'm all Atlanta. So in that in that first four pick, I've already kind of set my my strategy. You know, I've tagged my team. I know the team I'm I'm really gunning for this year. I'm believing in. It's the Falcons. Uh, and I think a lot of models show that that the, the Falcons are a team that is going to score a lot of points this year, and they're going to have a lot of high-volume offense, like a lot of teams are. Um, and so I'm guessing I could have got better value, but that changed how I approached the rest of the, the draft. And uh, later on in the draft, I had the chance to go Mike Evans, which I did at five. And then at six, I went uh, DK Metcalf. So I didn't get my running backs until I got Kareem Hunt, my second running back until I got Kareem Hunt. Um, but then I, you know, I have Kareem Hunt, I have Tariq Cohen, uh, I've got Boston Scott, so I, I have a bunch of PPR running backs that are going to get cut, you know, touches. I got Tony Pollard to kind of back up Zeke. I'm not a big handcuff guy, but when you get that value up front of, of Zeke, you, you don't want to lose that. So, you know, if something does happen to him, I'm sure Tony Pollard will pick up some of those pieces uh, in the end. So you got you got to pair it with with, with a, a strategy that's going to give you the optimal points that you talked about last week, getting that 2,000 marker, you know, in 1,900 whatever it is in your league that's going to win you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, value-based drafting is, you know, it's you're, you're looking at ADP and you're also looking at basically, you know, kind of the average per game. You know, uh, we talked about 
episode one and how, you know, on our league, you know, the playoff threshold is 2,000 points. If you make 2,000 points, you know, last year the champ had 2,200 points. You know, you're you're trying to build a team that uh, gets past that threshold, you know. And so, um, you know, value-based drafting is getting into where are you going to, um, you know, which player is going to, you know, make up more points than other players, average players in that position. Yes. So, um, well, and then you know, that's, well, that's why Lamar is, you know, everybody's after him. Kelsey, everybody's after him. Mm-hmm. You know, Kelsey's somebody that, um, you know, he, he's, he's averaging like 16 points a game, you know, whereas other tight ends are like 12, sub-12. You know, yeah. so that's a that's a nice uh, bit of number week to week that's going to help you, uh, you know, get that done. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great way to segue into uh, kind of where we've been and what we want to frame the next, you know, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes around as we look at these players. We, we don't want you just to think of them as this guy's better than this this player or this player. Um, I think all of these players are good picks if they fall to you at certain values. You don't want to reach for certain players uh, that don't have upside, and we'll talk about that as we kind of go through why we have players rank where we have them. And I, I mean, I don't know how you do this. Um, I try to do... Um, everybody has a little bit of juice who's in the first couple rounds. I, I if, if they're projected, if their projection goes six TDs, I might bump them up to seven because uh, I believe in them. They're kind of my guys, and so we'll talk about yeah. who, who the guys you think are going to kind of outscore, you know, the average projection or, or their, you know, um, you know, who are going to get more touches than maybe are expected in the offenses this year. So uh, let's dive right into round two, and I'm going to pull this up if you're. If you're watching on the Millionaires YouTube channel, that's where I'm at right now. And if you're on Periscope, uh, you're on the F, the, the, the FF Millionaires on Twitter uh, with my man, uh, Mr. Michael Collins. So I'm going to grab this, and I think we're both going to share our screens in just a second. And... Perfect. Okay. I got it. Yeah. All so. right. So I think the first thing we want to do is we, we just want to touch on the players who we had ranked in the first round on, you know, on opposite sides. By the way, if you don't know already, if you haven't read the bios uh, on our website, which, you know, shame on you for not because we put, you know, a good six, seven minutes into that, you know, that work. So, but anyway, uh, Mike is cash and cash I'm st- and cash and stacks. I'm stacks. So, yeah. um you know, we, the first round picks are up right now. You can kind of see where we came from. We all, we, we the first five, we were simpatico, veered off. You know, I went Deon, uh, Devontae Adams, he went Dalvin Cook, and then from there we kind of went back and forth. A couple different guys that Mike has that I don't have. So let's start with you. Um, in your 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 first pick, and uh, excuse the graphic, I definitely messed up on that one. Uh, but your first pick in the second round, you have Austin Eckler. I have Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, state your case uh, for Austin Eckler over Miles Sanders in PPR format, 12-team, 16-round draft. So I, I have Austin Eckler probably, you know, a little ahead of his ADP, a little ahead of, you know, ECR, the expert consensus rankings. Um, you know, I have him as, as you know, my – eighth back off the board so uh i 
I, 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 I like what I see from the guy. What can I say? I think people are worried about Tyrod Taylor stepping in and taking control of that offense. Uh, and that, you know, Phillip Rivers was so flat-footed that he was always looking to dump off the ball. So people are thinking that there's going to be, you know, less targets, less receptions. I'm sure there'll, there'll be some regression. But again, this is a big play guy. So I, 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 he's, he's, he's the number one back. I, I'm, I'm picking RB1s um, that I know are going to have a lot of volume. And he doesn't need to catch the ball to get volume. Um, and he showed it last year. You know, as the you know three down back while Melvin Gordon was not playing. So, to me, Austin Eckler is somebody you know that again you when you're drafting, um, you know the, these are all studs in these rounds. So um, he's somebody that I'm willing to pull the trigger on early. Yeah, well, you know I, we're we're kind of differing here by by you know inches, not feet. Uh, I have him as my my RB seven, you know, cresting the three hundred point mark uh, this year. Uh, in our league, he might get a few more points. We get we get some bonuses for forty yard, fifty yard touchdowns. Uh, also, we get bonuses for over hundred yards, over you know two hundred yards, stuff like that. So there might be some bonuses involved uh, there. But around three hundred, I got about three hundred four, um, and that's even using this is this is Kyle Yates' tool, by the way. I'm I'm up on the YouTube right now. Uh, uh, this is his projections tool. I actually have him undervalued. According to Kyle's uh, projections, he has him for two more touchdowns receiving than I have. I have him for two. Uh, I'm for nine total touchdowns. Kyle has his, his projection at 11. So, um, you know, I, I think there's tremendous value there. I do. I agree. Uh, I think he's going to get a ton of targets. You know, I have him for 99 targets, so almost 100 targets this year. Uh, and at his clip, he catches the ball at an uh, above 80% rate, which is uh, – I've, I've, I've been doing my projections. I did all my projections for all my – uh, teams the last couple days, last couple weeks, and uh, he stood out as one of the best receiving ba- uh, running backs by far. Uh, above 80% is is killer. You want that. Saquon Barkley is in that range. There's other guys in that range who, who are in the RB1 conversation we talked about uh, last week. So I'm not going to fault you. Uh, I'm just going to say I think Miles Sanders uh, outscores Austin Eckler this year, and I'm willing to put 1,000 on it against you. And uh, if you're up for it, let's, let's, put, let's get the bet board uh, rolling up, you know? I'll take it. You take it. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, I like Miles Sanders. I mean, he's you know a few picks after him, but we're gonna we're gonna have some bets. So um, you know, I'm 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 buying Eckler, and so I'll put I'll put a G. Um, you know, ultimately my decision came down to a picture of him shirtless. Oh, of course. That's how. It, yeah. It, was it was it with my head on it or his head on my body? Did you see that one? No, he's just flexing. No. Oh, he's yeah, he looks there great. Just you know, just got done working out, and um, you know, that factored in. I just saw him. I saw his, you know, this the sun was out and his guns were out, and uh, he's gonna have a long year. I, I agree with you there. Uh, I'm gonna go Miles Sanders. I think the reason I'm gonna go Miles Sanders is. Um, the RB1 Doug Peterson has never existed. We've never really seen that. And people have always kind of been skeptical. You know, he's been an RBC or a running back by committee guy for a long time. Um, 
but I think he came out and, and made some statements that are in, in the direction uh, that you want to hear if you're a Miles Sanders owner, that he's going to get a lot of volume. So, I, you know, I have him uh, projected for around 85 targets this year. I have him uh, also projected for increasing from last year. He had um, 200 and he had 180 or 179 attempts. I have him for 280 this year. I, I, I really do think he's going to be the workhorse there. Uh, he followed Saquon at, at Penn State, and he was electric. Uh, I think he's always kind of been in his shadow, and I think this year he's going to be an RB one for sure. We know. I mean, I think that I think he has a great chance to be a top six RB. So I actually have him uh, right up there uh, with some of those other guys like you know Ceh and and uh, Dalvin Cook. I wouldn't be surprised if he's right there with him at the end. Yeah. No, I uh, I'm he's definitely worth uh, second round money. You know, one of the things I was just looking at is. Um, and this goes back to the value-based drafting thing, you know, uh, especially in PPR, you know, guys that are going to catch the ball. Um, we, You have six running backs in the second round. I have seven, you know, because there's a shelf. You right. Know? There's a tier. And, yeah. And, um, you know, when I was building my rankings, one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about is, like, who I think are, you know, tier one backs in these you know second and third rounds and tier two backs because you know a tier one back to me is is somebody who's going to get you know hopefully 18 points per game yeah um you know a tier two is kind of in that 16 range and i think when you're looking at tier two backs you have to kind of consider your team you know it's like it's not just like all right it's a stud. It, I mean, they are studs, but you have to kind of consider who they're, you know, who, who are you pairing these guys with? You know, it, it it sort of bends your strategy a little bit. Whereas I think, you know, the guys I have in my tier one are, um, they're, you just get them, you know. It doesn't matter if you have an RB or you drafted. I had five, what did I have in the first round? I had five wide receivers in the first round. So, um, you know, whether you have an RB or uh, a wide receiver, it doesn't matter. You can pick these guys. So, um, and Miles Sanders for me is in that. You know, he's tier one to me. Yeah. So, um, and, and and that's I mean you can see it on the website. That's kind of how. You know, when you're looking at round two, um, you know. CEH, you know, I, I'm buying the hype. Um, to me, um, I I think Leonard Fournette is somebody, again, that I'm probably going a little ahead of ADP. Um, and, you know, I think expert consensus as well. Um, I just... I think the dude is going to ball out. I don't see why he's not. And I think at the end of the day, if you, if you can get a back that's going to, you know, his ceiling is plus 300. Um, now, if you've got two guys in your first two rounds that are plus 300, you're, you know, you got, you, you got the beginnings of, of Voltron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, this is one of the picks that I'm about a round late on this guy than you are, which is a, it's just one of our differences. Um, I'm late on Joe Mixon 
uh, as well. Just a couple of different things where we're, you know, we think differently, which is great. Um, here's the thing that gets me about Leonard Fournette, and, and I, I can't look past this, is that you, you, you can't depend on touchdowns for him in that offense right now. You can't. Uh, his touchdowns from 2017 uh, were nine. He had nine. Uh, in 2018, he had five. 2019, he had three. Uh, okay, receiving touchdowns. One in 2017, one in 2018, zero in 2019. He had three touchdowns last year. So, I mean, you're hoping there's some touchdown regression, you know, regression or whatever, progression <laughs> away from that. He's going to get some more touchdowns. But uh, that's that's a little concerning in that offense. Um Gardner Minshew going in there. He did an okay job last year. It's his offense this year. We'll see how it goes. Um, one more problem for, for me for Frenette. These are his yards per carry average, and you're going to barf when you hear him. Uh, 3.9. Okay, whatever. He's a rookie. Uh, 3.3 in 2018. And then last year, he improved. He did. 4.3. So, uh, you know, they're not the, the worst. 4.3 isn't the worst, but just overall – he, to me, he hasn't shown consistency, you know, where you have other guys in that range who are running at a 4.7, 4.8. I'll take that because, you know, if they get the same amount of volume, then they're going to get more points. So that, that's where my head's kind of at with, with him. And I think the narrative that has been gone around, you know, floating around Twitter is they're going to run him into the ground, um, you know, because he's on his last year of his contract. They're not renewing his contract. He, he's not getting a fifth-year option. This is it for him. You know, he's going to have to sign somewhere else. So they're going to use him up, which I, I – okay – but Jay Gruden loves to throw the ball to Chris Thompson. That's like one of his favorite things. He's like, hey, Chris Thompson, do you want to go break your leg this week? I'm going to throw you the ball like nine times. And I'm going to throw it to you in the middle of the field with linebackers. What do you think of that? So He, he had 76 receptions last year, though. I know he did. But I, I just – Jay Gruden's – Well, Jay Gruden's offense is different. And and so we, we, we've been around his offense in Washington – it doesn't have a feature back the way, and maybe it will, uh, and maybe just because you, know, you have different players, you do adapt to the players you have. And, and and I think Jay Gruden's not an idiot. He was an NFL head coach. You know, I mean, he's done some stupid things, but um, I just don't trust him. I, I, that's my problem with him is is if he's available in the third round, I will snatch him up to have you know my RB two. Uh, but I'm not going to reach for him in the second. I think I can get better value uh, with somebody else, like an Austin Eckler. You know, in, in that same spot. So. So that's that's another reason why I'm I'm high on him is because he only had three touchdowns last year, right. and that offense was in shambles throughout the year, and now they have a clear-cut quarterback, and he had three touchdowns last year, and in our league he finished eighth. Yeah. So that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of touches, and I think that the last year, I remember the fancy footballers were like, if Fournette actually gets you know these targets along with his touches, he's going to be a monster. He's going to be a top ten back. I just don't see the targets being there this year. I, I feel like it's going to be a little different. So we'll see. I think that's just that's that's where we we differ. It's kind of, a good it's a good point. It's a new it's a new offense, but again, he had a hundred targets last year, so it's not like you're not. You, you, this isn't a running back. I'm not worried about Chris Thompson. I'll just put it real clean. No, I, mean, I know it's not even a Chris. It's it is. He just likes to throw the. He likes to have more than one running back. He likes to have like a scat back, a third down back. I just see Fournette coming off the field, whether it's for uh, you know recall Armstead or whoever. I just see him coming off uh, on third down more often than not uh, as the workhorse back. He's the goal line back. He should get more goal line carries for sure this year. You're right. So you know maybe we meet in the middle and he's a a good pick in the end of the second round. 
Um, but I just can't pick him that early in the, in the second round. And, I mean, it's not just me. Fantasy Pros has him at pick 38 as the consensus RB16. So, you know, you have jumped ahead a little bit with him, but that's yeah. your guy. You know, you made the call. It's okay. I'm, 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 I'm predicting a high ceiling for him, so. I've got my own guy that we'll talk about in, in round three that, you know, isn't even on your list. So, yeah, obviously that means your list is wrong. So we'll get we'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, basically I wanted to just put in that, you know, the, the, the guys I'm putting in my tier one are Fournette, Jacobs, Eckler, Drake, Sanders, and CEH because I think they're all guys that are right around that, you know. They all have... 300 plus point ceilings yeah and you know depending on who you drafted in the first round it doesn't matter yeah you know if you have a guy that's going to get you 300 points you get him on your fantasy football team yeah yeah well i mean and, and uh the way that fancy pros breaks it down is that they have your boy joe mixon and uh clyde edwards Hilaire, along with kenyon drake who we both are high on you know we both have kenyon drake up there in the top 15, top 16. So we do, we both do like Kenyon Drake. Um, he's in that tier as well. They have him up there. Um, and then to start the next tier, they have Austin Eckler, uh, Miles Sanders, uh, and then some other guys that we have kind of in our second tier in that round, uh, you know, in uh, and maybe even later for you in the, in the later rounds with uh, Nick Chubb and, and other uh, players. They have Josh Jacobs in that tier as well, uh, as well as Todd Gurley. So, well, you know, we have differences in the running backs, and I think that's where you're going to find those values in where people start to veer off the, the you know, we said the industry nine last time or the consensus nine or whatever it was. Uh, now, now we're in kind of where you think the offenses are going to be successful this year and, and where that value is going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, it's complicated to get a, a perfect consensus for this stuff, but... You know, I, I, I basically just was wanting to highlight the guys that I'm basically upgrading or downgrading. You know, uh, Fournette was one. Um, Eckler is one. Um, so that those are my round two guys that I think I'm kind of – oh, and Gurley. I, I, I'm, I'm all about Todd Gurley this year, dude. I, I, I think he is uh, – He's, he's, he's kind of a third-round back, um, you know, if you're looking at ADP. Um, I'm bumping him into the second round. I think uh, – I just – I don't see why – they signed him to a, uh, you know, uh, one-year $5.5 million deal, and they are basically incentivizing him – I think it was a thousand yards and 13 touchdowns, something like that, either or. Um, and if you look at him last year, where, you know, he just kind of fell off, I, 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 everyone, the, 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 the whole year, they were just worried about saving his knee. And they didn't use him. And then, if you look at it, he had like 50 less carries. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, less targets, less everything than he's had in the previous two years. That's not going to happen. Yeah. In Atlanta. You know. No, he's going to get the ball. They're going to beat that dude. And he's not worried about his knee. He's already he's already accepted that he's not going to walk well in his 50s. 
He's going for that extra money this year. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm bringing Gurley into the second round. You know, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I do like him. Um, in my rankings uh, tool that I use that, that my man Kyle Yates has is, is, uh, graciously shared with the industry, uh, you know, I have him as RB9, so I'm not going to disagree. I I just – a lot of these guys I kind of want to pick up in the third round. And I, I think that is, for me, my goal is that I'm not going to grab Todd Gurley in the second, but I'm headhunting him in the third like a mofo. You know, I, I'm looking for – those guys who are going to fall, or or the guys who you who you value. So for me, the the rankings is almost like um, a cheat sheet that I'm hoping these guys fall uh, later in the draft, so I don't have to reach for them. Uh, it all depends on where you pick, especially if you're on the godforsaken ends. Don't let me get me started about that. Everybody knows I just loathe the ends. If you're not going to pick for 22 picks, you might have to snag Gurley a little early. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. That was not planned. Um, but it might it might have to be the case. Uh, but if Gurley falls to me in the middle of the third round or the end of the third round, I'm like, I'm doing jumping jacks, you know, because that guy does have the potential to be an RB1 for you. Uh, he was the RB1 twice, and when we played against each other to get to the championship a couple years ago in our league of record, he scored like 70 points against me. Uh, I thought I was going to win. I had Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt scored like 50 points. I thought, no one's going to beat me. Yeah, Todd Gurley scored 70 points. So, uh, he, he does have that in him, and I think you're right about that. So I do like Todd Gurley. Uh, he's, I have him later on in my rankings in the third round, but it, it's more because I'm trying to hide him. I, I, I think there's value to be had uh, for him later there. Did you like your Gurley early joke? No, no. It was, un, it was unintentional. I didn't know it was coming. Hey, I can hear your sounders again. That's great. Yeah. Early, early. I got early, early. You, you, sure. you for shizzle, yeah. my nizzle. You do. Um. Yeah, and, and so again, you know, these are, uh, you know, I think ultimately at the end of the day, um, you know, you're you're when you're drafting, you're picking, uh, you know, where you where do you think that they're going to end up? And I think early is going to have. I think he's going to get his bonuses. Yeah. So, um, so, so to me, he's a tier two guy. I put him in my tier two as mm -hmm. far as backs. But one of the things I love about him is I don't think it matters. I think he, I think he has RB one potential. So I don't think it matters. Like, you know, if you got, uh, you know, Michael Thomas in the yeah. first round, yeah. you know, then I think Gurley is, you know, a great option. And I think it's a great pairing. Any, no, it is. It's a good, it's a good pairing. Yeah. 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 And I think any of the other guys that I named would do well too. Uh, if you drafted a wide receiver in the first round, I think, but once you start getting into the tier two guys, now you got to start thinking about, okay, this is more of like a safer pick. Um, you know, or, you know, if you're talking wide receivers, sort of the same thing, like uh, tier ones, I think, um, you know, you can, you can kind of be a little bit less worried about who you've drafted before them, whereas tier two, I think with wide receivers, you got to look at 
you know, now putting together a little squad of wide receiver and your tier two guys. So, um, so, 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 so let me ask you a question. And I know it, it all kind of depends on, on what's happening, but you are the fourth pick in our league of record. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the 11th for now and I'm, you know, pining to get into the middle somewhere, but let's say that, you know, let's say I get to be the seventh pick and it comes back around to me. I'm not going to get girly, right? I'm not, I'm just not going to get him. I guess somebody else, um, you, you can, you're going to go, maybe go for girly at that, you know, two Oh nine spot. He probably will be there, you know, on your rankings, you have him at two ten, So he's right there in your wheelhouse. Right. Um, I would just argue, and it doesn't. I don't know. The, I mean, maybe look at the draft and the guys that are in in front of you and kind of what they do. But I almost think you could get him coming back at three oh four. I really do. You know, and I'm not going to tell you to wait on him. Get your guys. You know, don't listen to me. But I think he is one of those guys, though. If you could get Mike Thomas, and then you could get, you know, Travis Kelsey, and then you could get Todd Gurley. There you're talking about value at every single position that is going to be a solid RB1 or a wide receiver one uh, or tight end one that's, that's going to be better. It's going to outscore the other company. So I, I'm saying I love Gurley, but I just love him at that 304 a little bit more than at so the, you know. have Derrick Henry as my first pick. You know, Michael Thomas goes third. Right. I, I would love that. I would love to have Derrick Henry and Gurley as my starting two. And okay. then I can oh, yeah. come back and get somebody maybe like Amari Cooper yeah. Or Robinson, great picks. Um, yeah, Galladay maybe. Um, yeah, or maybe even a Mike Evans. I, you know, you have Mike Evans uh, at the end of the second round. I have Mike Evans two picks later at the beginning of the third. He he is to me. He's the Chris Godwin of the two this year. You know, I think yeah. he, he has more upside than Godwin does. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I see. I see Godwin's uh, average. Uh, you know the, the 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 arm that Brady has for the long balls are not going to be going to Godwin, and, and his depth of target is going to be a little bit you know shorter than James. James just flings it. You know Tom doesn't. We've watched Tom in New England. He likes to hit those little short guys across the middle for the eight yard passes, and that's going to bring down Godwin's you know average um, you know um, yards per reception for sure. You know he's going he's in the 13 14 range. Maybe this year he's in the 12 range or maybe 11 9 or something because. Brady's just a different, you know, different way he does it. So he, maybe the yak comes back, and, and he does have some great yak, by the way. Um, he, he ran through a couple teams last year just, you know, catching the ball and going 67 yards for touchdown. So he's got that breakaway speed too. But I think Mike Evans is, is kind of a steal between those two guys this year. Yeah. Yeah, I um, – so when I was going through my second round um, – I put Lamar in there, I put Mahomes, and uh, I put them back to back because I think I personally am betting on Lamar, but I think Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are, you know, sort of like Saquon and CMC. I think they're both gonna have just amazing years, you know. Um, So you're gonna give Lamar the edge just because of the rushing, but um, yeah, most of the experts have Mahomes having the, the bigger year, you know. Yeah. Uh, I I put them back to back, and then I went and put Godwin and Evans back to back because I think it's a toss up. Yeah. We know. We don't know, and I think um, they're both good good options. Yeah. I think yeah. Evans is he's just shown 
it doesn't matter. You know, he's gonna be, you know, in that he's gonna be that he's gonna be that tier one guy that potentially gets you, you know, eighteen points a game. Yeah. You know, or more, you know. Um I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna back you up on that. I think Mike Evans has a great chance to be you know, I, mean, I think Michael Thomas is the is the wide receiver one, but he, out of anybody who's outside of, you know, that top group of, of first two tiers or at the, the tail end of the second tier, I think he's got the best chance. Uh, he is, uh, as Pete Overzet would say, a grown-ass man. Uh, he's my, a grown yeah, yeah. He, oh, he's he a man. Um, you know, uh Pretty sure the NFL players had him ranked ahead of Godwin, uh, as they should. I think he's yeah. their wide receiver. It's just fantasy. It's just fantasy. Uh, right. In our league, he was, you know, right around 19 points per game. Yeah. So, it, well, I mean, it, that's that's you know, I mean, if you if you got Mike Evans, you know, you you've got yourself a solid wide receiver one, and you have a little bit more flexibility, I think, with your next pick. So yeah, um, I have his stats pulled up here on the uh, on the old YouTubers, and you're gonna love his yards per reception the last two years, 17.7 in 2018 and 17.3 in 2019. That is to die for, folks. That is, I believe, the 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 the, the largest yards per reception uh, with with over a thousand yards in both seasons. One of the seasons he had 1,500 yards. Uh, over you know eight touchdowns back to back years, this guy is gonna get you what you need. I'm 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 not gonna say stack attack both guys, but if you can get Godwin and Evans on your team, and you get a stud uh, running back in the first round, you you can somehow pull off the old CMC. You know maybe you can't get CMC and Godwin, but you know if you can pull off like Zeke or Dalvin Cook, Godwin, and then Evans coming around, you know just mail in the championship to that guy. So I mean maybe not, but. I, here's the thing why I've, I devalued them. Or lady. You know, or lady. Or whatever ADP. I'm, I think Brady will be great. Yeah. For the first eight games. Oh, no. You know, I think he'll I think he'll come out, you know, hot. Sizzling. In the games, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think as the season wears on, I just – I am not buying Tom Brady. Long term. Yeah. So you I haven't mean, seen we, those illegal workouts he's been doing where he looks all gaunt <laughs> and thin? Oh, man. I seen a picture the other day, and he really, like, it, I don't know if it was uh, Photoshopped. I mean, yeah. No, TB, TB, TB12, baby. TB12. It's his brand. It's his lifestyle. It, it, he doesn't yeah. eat strawberries, uh, I've heard. Uh, he just, it's against, it's against the, the laws of TB12. Uh, I ate some strawberries today. They were great. So I don't know, man. That's weird. TB12 is going to be QB14. Oh, oh, it burns. Oh, it burns. Well, that means that one of those wide receivers is, is disappointing. So don't pick the wrong one uh, and don't have any strawberries. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I like where, you, where your head's at in, in these rounds. We differ on a few picks. One one of the major picks, though, we, we did differ on that I, I wanted to touch on briefly is Joe Mixon. Uh, you know, I, I do like Joe Burrow this year as a sleeper quarterback. You can kind of maybe pick up as your as your second quarterback if you're one of those guys. 
<laughs> keeps two quarterbacks on their team. I think he's a great white waiver wire pickup in the first couple weeks after he blows up. And if you're playing DFS, uh, yeah, definitely a great value play the first couple weeks when we don't know what's going to happen and, and AJ Green's live, uh, you know. So anyway, but I, I just I don't see uh, Mixon. He's he's great. I know you love him. He's great. I just I can't I can't see him in that offense getting double digit touchdown you know rushes. I can't see it. that's what he needs to do to be in the in the RB one first round for me. And so he he kind of drops in, in my rankings uh, down into the middle of the second round. But still I still like him. I mean if I get him at, at two oh seven or two oh six, I'm happy. I'm I'm elated. Um, yeah. yeah. Last year when. All they had was him, and the only thing that a defense had to do was stop him. They, they did. Yeah. It's a completely – and that was only for, I don't know, the first, like, quarter of the season. You know, if you go back and look at his game log last year, by the end of the season, he really reemerged as, you know, a great DFS play. Yeah, um, he was. And – I don't see how – I mean, I'm not expecting Joe Burrow to just light the world on fire, but I, I bet he's rookie of the year. And I bet with the weapons that they have, that offense is going to be just tears above what it was last year. And he's, he's a workhorse back. He's a three-down back, you know. I think that in these first three rounds, you know, we're looking at backs that are three down backs, you know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I don't know if you want to kind of move towards round three a little bit because we haven't really gotten there. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one thing I wanted to touch on that, that you know, we differ on in round two and it can bleed into round three is the tight end situation. Uh, you know, I actually have George Kittle ranked above Travis Kelsey this year and, uh, it, it, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit wild because the consensus is Kelsey's number one, but I really 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 like Kittle. His catch rate is up above the seventy percent, seventy five, eighty percent rate. He catches everything. He is a monster. He goes out there and he derives joy out of putting you on your ass and talking some mad ass to you. Uh, I yeah. love it. He 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 is what I want to be in whatever profession I'm in. You know, I want to get kittled. So. I, I do think he has one of his best seasons this year. I think the 49ers are really good again. I think they win, you know, 10, 11 games, and I think Kittle gets double-digit touchdowns, which would be a first for him. It would be. But I think he's the man-child to do it this year. So I have him ranked in uh, in, in the early second round. I have him at 205, and I think he's a great variance play in these leagues where if you can get him, your value uh, over the next guy, maybe not the, the, the Kelsey owner, but – uh, the next couple guys that you're you're going to have value to 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 spare in these matchups. You're going to be getting five six points a game on your on your comp in the tight end position. So I, I do love him. You have him in in the beginning of the third round in the third pick. So you, you like him, but you do have Travis Kelsey ranked ahead of him. Uh, tell me what your thoughts are about that. So um, I love George Kittle. I bet last year somebody fifty dollars that he beat Travis Kelsey. And they duped it out, but Kelsey won. Yeah. Uh, I I just I think that Kelsey, until he's dethroned, uh, I'm gonna, you know, I, I I tend to stick with, uh, you know, who who's who's shown again and again 
um, but I, yeah, you can see I have Kittle right there, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, the guy invented National Tight Ends Day, you know. God bless so, him. God bless that man. I mean, he's just, like, the funnest dude to watch. Um, His mic'd ups are the best on NFL films. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You mean George Kittle? I would watch, I would, there, if I could pick people, like, that I could, that, that just had their own 24 7 cameras, you know, oh, Matthew the, McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. I was at the Matthew McConaughey channel. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, if there was a Matthew McConaughey channel, I would put George Kittle on, you know, that favorites list where right? I just want to see, you know, George go to the grocery store. Yeah. You know, well, to see what he's up to, you know? I, I, I was genuinely, I, I wanted Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Um, and when they came back and won, I was really happy. But I was also disappointed for Kittle because he's so passionate. I wanted to see him win. I wanted to see him run around like a crazy guy, pick people up, and just scream and be. Uh, I bet. I bet you NFL films would have made a great like you know five minute documentary of him just walking around being like siced, you know. And yeah. so I, I, I am sad we missed out on that. I am a 49ers fan this year. Uh, I, I'm not. You know this. I quit the Washington football team a while ago, and I don't want to. You know, other people have called them the Washington football team for a long time. I didn't invent that. But I did in print last year, on your birthday, actually, uh, publish an article and call them that. So, you know, that's who they've been for a long time. And they've just been terrible. They've been terrible for such a long time. Um, we, we, we've seen that terribleness up front and in person. And, uh, you know, I don't want to lament it. But it, it definitely has colored the uh, the way that we, we, we've seen uh, – this whole process of, of football in this area, so the Washington football, Washington football, yeah. Well, how about uh, we talk about the first bet of the season? Yeah, my man right here put it. It's it's going here. It's going on. It's going on the YouTube. It's going. On the periscopes, it's going all over the web. It's time to talk about how my man bet me one G. I did in the millionaire's world that Calvin Ridley is going to have more fantasy points than one Julio. Julio Jones. So it doesn't surprise me that he makes it early in your third round with all of that. Yeah, there's a lot of hype on Calvin Ridley this, this year. I'm not going to pretend like I invented it. He is sizzling right now, uh, moving up the draft boards as we speak. I was getting him in the fifth, sixth round of some of these startup dynasty leagues. I felt like I was robbing banks uh, at the time. I'm not going to lie. I was so pleased to get him again and again and again. I think he's my most uh, popular wide receiver. I have him over 50% of my teams uh, in dynasty leagues. So I also am in, in 23 leagues. Uh, but... I, I do digress. Anyway, I, I think this year Calvin Ridley has an opportunity, and the reason he has an opportunity is not because he's a better wide receiver than Julio Jones. It's because Julio Jones draws double teams and triple teams, and he's still going to draw them, and he should draw them, because if you do not double team him or triple team him or have a safety follow him around, he's going to run amok on whoever is covering him no matter what. It doesn't matter. He, No one can guard him one-on-one. -on -one. There's just You're not going to do it. And so that creates space. And, and uh, as, a, as, a as a studier of the game, a, a, you know, a student of the game, uh, space is what you're always trying to create. You're trying to create mismatches, trying to create space. 
no one can uh, cal- can cover Calvin Ridley. Like that's the yeah. thing too. You can't cover Calvin Ridley, and he and he's got a chip on his shoulder this year. Uh, and he didn't have a picture with his shirt off, but he had a picture where he said, "I'm elite." You don't think I'm gonna get a thousand yards this year? I'm gonna show you, son. And yeah. he said, "Put some respect on my name." Uh, and I tweeted back to him. I was like, "Man, you you've been one of my top picks all year. You're gonna be Julio, you know." So I, I love Julio, by the way, too, man. That that's my cat. No, I, no, no, it's cool. It's cool. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do the fantasy role. You can't, you can't take Julio out. You can't put Calvin really in the first round. But no, uh, it's about the I, value you get from Calvin Ridley. He has the potential, and, and he fits yeah. into my wide receiver two theory as well. It, it's it, the value is, is is digressing as we speak because Calvin Ridley is blowing up, but. The, the value I was getting him earlier and people were getting him earlier, that's a wide, re- wide receiver two who has wide receiver one potential in a top five offense with a quarterback who might throw the ball 5,000 yards this year. So uh, I can see Calvin really getting 1,300, 1,200 yards uh, and just running for the end zone. He is unguardable deep downfield, uh, and I love him. I love him with my whole heart, and uh, I'm going to pick him on every team I have uh, for uh, redraft this year. And now everyone knows, just know I'm going to take him in the third round if I need to. Let me tell you who I'm disrespecting, dude. Okay, tell me. Nick Chubb. I saw that. You know, I, I, uh, that was one I had. I put him in the late second round, uh, and then I see that you have him in the kind of the, the back end of the, the third round, you know, in the middle. But wow. here's the thing. Is that when Kareem Hunt came back, his touches went down, his receptions went down. He he did not have the same oomph to his bump. Now Stefanski, who was the Dalvin Cook, you know, constructor of the offense, you know, in in Minneapolis and in Min- sorry Minnesota uh, last year, you know, he's going to run the ball a lot. So you're going to get a lot of volume with Chubb, but Hunt is lingering, and I think Hunt is a great value later on in the draft. And so yeah, Chubb's not what he was last year, where I picked him in the second. And he was a top, you know, eight back. Um, Bo says you should get a room with Calvin Ridley. Just FYI. Tell, him I, tell him I would. Tell Bo I would if I could, and I might try to bribe him with hot sauce. You know, down in the hot Atlanta, they love hot sauce. I, that's something I've I've watched on the TVs. So I might just have to reach out to him and on the Twitters and say, Calvin, I love you, man. Uh, I want to send you some hot sauce. Tell me where I can send this to your PR rep, whatever. You know, quarantine this bottle of of hot box hot box batch hot sauce from my man I don't, Bono. Yeah, I don't want to get a room with Calvin but like I would like to get a, like a concert with him or something like that you'd make, you know? make out with him in the back of a car I mean you definitely after that concert if he you know I, I wouldn't mind just sitting down going to checkers with that guy you know what I mean Waffle House just maybe curly fries some curly fries yeah I like so, him I like him a lot I will say with Chubb um I did the math, and he drops five points, something like that, in our league after Kareem Hunt came back. And I didn't even include week 17. He, he had six points. I think it's seven points if you do the math. Um, that's scary to me. You know what I mean? It, do, it doesn't mean that Nick Chubb – so I put him as a tier two. So, so one of the things I wanted to say about him is that it – if you've got a solid RB one, yeah, grab that dude. You know, because he's gonna, he's still gonna have games where he gets you thirty points. You know, he's gonna have games 
where he gets he two just, touchdowns and 170 yeah. yards. Yeah, for sure. 50 yard to the house, of course. He's gonna have those games, but he's also gonna have those games where you're just like, dude, he got eight points today or something like that. You know, it was a cream hunt day. So I think he's somebody that you can grab, but just make sure you got a strong RB one. Yeah. Um, and man, as you can see, dude, I did the same thing with Aaron Jones, man. Like they're, they're to me, it's the same situation. You know, we don't know exactly how AJ Dillon is going to get used by Lafleur, but um, he's, a, he's a monster. We know that. Uh, we know he's six feet. We know he's two hundred fifty pounds, and we know he runs a four five forty. He runs fast. He's faster than than Derrick Henry, dude. He weighs exactly. more than Derrick Henry. He's not as tall. But he's Aaron a bowling Jones, ball. To me, I'm so psyched to watch people draft him. Like I don't he's somebody that I don't want to draft. Like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm Zapatico. I have him ranked there, but I'm not I, I passed on him so yeah. many drafts and picked yeah. a wide receiver in that spot where he was in the third round. I but you know if you need a running back and uh, you know, Chubb and Aaron Jones are there in the and you have to get a running back and that's what your strategy is, then yeah. They're not he's, terrible picks, but I'm not going to be reaching for him. He's not going to have 1,500 plus scrimmage yards and 19 touchdowns again this season. That's just not going to happen. So, I mean, maybe you know, 1,411. I just see AJ Dillon coming Touchdown in. Vulture. Yeah, big time, dude. Yeah. He's still going to get. He's still great in PPR. That's why I have him as a third round guy. Yeah. You know, um, but. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really looking to take him. So no. Um. No, I, you know one one thing that did stand out to me about your running backs, uh, I noticed that you you did have a mix of guys who had a lot of volume, uh, but then also guys who had PPR upside. And I think you touched on it a little bit earlier, but in these picks, you have to have those dual threats that are going to do both for you. Uh, if, if you don't in these rounds, just be losing value. If your guy gets pulled off the field because he can't catch the ball, uh, you know that that's that's a little bit of an issue. Aaron Jones does not have that issue, by the way. He he had bazillions of targets last year. He was the second most targeted player on the team after Devonta Adams. So uh, I just don't think it's going to be the exact same this year. But Funches opted out. Lazard's number two. Uh, you know Allison left to go to Detroit. They got M, you know. Valdez Scantling is still there. I don't know. You can, you, you're an Aquinius St. James guy. I don't know any of these guys back in the back end of this thing. So, yeah, Aaron Jones is going to do well. He's just not going to be and, – and, and you can't be. You can't be last year. You can't chase last year. That's the thing about all these guys is that you have to adjust your ranks to this year. If we're playing yeah. last year, yeah, pick pick him right away in that second round. Yeah, I'm passing on him myself. Um. The, the thing is, is he's again so as a tier two. He's somebody that I think you got to pair with a strong RB one. Um, uh, Chubb, you got to pair with a strong RB one. I put Chris Carson in the tier two, and part of the reason why I, I love Chris Carson, if he hadn't had a hip fracture, I know. Oh, I can't do it, man. That hip fracture scares me. It does scare me a little bit, um, but. If, if you're, if, if he plays how he's been playing, then he's gonna get another hip fracture. <laughs> he's a bull. 
Man, he is an animal. I love him. I had him last year in our League of Records. He, he crushes dudes. He gets to the second level, he lowers his pads, and he plays ferocious. I love it. He's great, but yeah. I think I think Carson is out of the tier two guys, the guy that you can, um, you don't, you compare him with, like if you took a wide receiver in the first round, then Chris Carson is that nice, safe, you know, 275 point back. Uh, that, you know, that's like his floor, yeah. basically. Well, you know, he does catch, and that's the cool part about him. He catches the ball. Yeah, his floor is like 275, but his ceiling's like 285. Well, yeah. well, here's the thing. He, he, if he – he's a guy, if I draft, I'm not handcuffing him because I don't believe in that, and J.J. Zacharyson told me not to believe in it, and I, I believe him. So, uh, but – you know, the, the, the study on handcuffing does not bode well for value. You can get other guys in, in your league who are going to have higher upside than a, a cuff. So, uh, with that being said, th- there is uh, a, injury watches on your guys. If you have a guy who has a previous injury, you should already know their backup. You should know if they're being drafted, where their ADP is, if they are being drafted. Uh, and then also maybe who's in line to get the touches if your player does get hurt. So I think all of this, you know, portends to, to disaster if you don't have a backup backup plan for all of your all of your players and where you're going to go and try to find that value uh, if your players do get injured, which do ha- does happen, and especially this year with COVID. Uh, you know, I, we we have expanded our, our IR slots to four. I, we we talked about it on Twitter uh, a couple months ago and weeks ago and days ago and right now we've been just having the conversation about how your league is going to handle this and if we do have a full season. You need to have those spots, uh, and you need to be flexible. And I, I, I heard someone say, you know, more than ever, it's going to be a Sunday morning, uh, you know, champion this year. The guy who is ready to go on that Sunday, uh, and which that, that really bodes well for me because this is my church. You know, this is where I come to pray to the Lord. Uh, you know, I, I give Him glory through watching men tackle each other. Uh, it is good, and uh, I'm grateful that I have it. So. It is. It is. It is a, a, a great thing in this modern world that we live in, and I'm so glad that there's going to be. I already got a side bet in one league. Somebody bet me that the season wasn't going to start on time. I said fifty bones on that, bro. There's going to be. There's going to be. I think full season, and I think because the NFL has just, it's just next man up. They'll get through it, but it's going to be wild. Um, I would. I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, is just again where I have for me, you know, things these first three rounds, you know, you're just picking studs again, so it's not that hard to make the arguments here. You know, I went a little ahead on certain players like Fernand and Gurley and Eckler, but these are all guys that are, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I've always found that I win fantasy football by taking somebody that goes around four and round two because if if, if, if you guess right, because right. Uh, they end up being you know over that three hundred point threshold, you know, you you you've got the uh, you've got the arm of Voltron there. So one of the things that I wanted to mention again for me in these first three rounds, I have eighteen running backs in the first three rounds. So you can see I'm not a I'm not a big zero RB guy. I can see places for it, but I think the uh, the shelf drops pretty fast after these rounds. So I have 18 RBs and I only have 14 wide receivers, and the the, the reason for that is the variance. Yeah. You know, 
at the position if you've got somebody that's going to get you four points more than than your opponent per game. Uh, you know, the, that's the thing with wide receivers. You can get guys late that are in that 15-point range, um, and you can scoop them up, and you can build a nice set of four wide receivers or the right around 15 points a game. Um, we both had two QBs in the first three rounds. Um, Jesse put them on in the first. I put him back back in the second because I think it's a toss-up. And uh, we both have the, the two tight ends. You wanna you wanna bet on uh, Kelsey versus Kittle? I do. You know I do, bro. G. A G. We'll put on. So we've done three bets this this yeah, day. Yeah, we've done three bets. I'm bro. gonna. I like it. This is a just just so you in case you don't know. We like to bet. We're gonna do a live uh, show. One of our shows, hopefully from the casino this year. Uh, in Charlestown, we gotta you know build some relationships first. Not gonna make any promises, but it's a goal of the show to do one of our broadcasts down there this year for you know some gambling. We like to throw the dice. We like to throw the the cards. We also like to to pick winners. And uh, I'm not throwing any dice, bro. I don't know. I've heard, I've heard that the casinos are doing a lot of stuff, but man, I'm just gonna go in there and bet, bet games, bet outcomes. Yes, I, I'm just saying we we do like to do. Lots of lots of gambling in yeah. the past. We played some. I mean, I took fun. I took like a hundred bucks off you guys in poker a couple months ago, about a month ago. So you know, I'm not. Let's not pretend. You know, let's not. I think I and you didn't take my money. No, you won. You actually you got you got some cash, but yeah, I was right around even. It wasn't like a. Nah, that's fine. So that's 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 the first couple rounds for us, and I think that you're gonna find with everybody there's there's variance and people have their reasons. I think when you look at your players, you need to know who you want in those rounds and then figure out how you're going to build your team. And I do think this year it, it, there is an argument to go RB, RB, uh, wide receiver, and then maybe even back to RB before you go into the other you know, wide receiver positions. There's going to be value later, like you said, for wide receivers um, that, that you need to kind of mine. And we'll get into that in wide receiver 2-3 later on in, in, the, in the coming weeks to, to find those guys that you can scoop, like you said. Let me let me before we get into three tweets. Let me just I see Juju Smith Schuster makes your third round. And I want to talk about AJ Brown before we get into the three tweets because that's another guy that I'm I'm moving up the draft for. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a big believer in. I say why 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 we see my whole thing is why don't we here why wait you know if he's a fourth round. Um, guy, guy next year. Get him in the third round. Get him in the third round. Um, so, so I'm, I, I, so you're anti-value based drafting. You're, you're, uh, upside drafting, which I like. It's, it's fine, but it, it's you're more I'm, targeting the, the, the ceilings, not looking at the floor as much. I think you have to, um, I think you have to, in order to win, get. You, you, it, you know, so in the first three rounds, um, you have a little bit of, of flexibility and you can go a little bit earlier. Um, and that's, that's the thing is that if he ends up being the same guy he was last year, uh, which I don't see why he's not, uh, I will bet you next year we're talking about him as a second round guy. So, um, I I'm, I've bumped him. He, I think he's fourth round. It's not like I took him, you know, way early. But I, I he's somebody. If you're listening to this show, and you're you're you know 
evaluating who's this dude, who's this dude on the fans familiar, I say pick AJ Brown. Pick that dude. Get him on your team. So and I wanna hear why you got my boy blocking wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster. I ain't going near that dude. I'm head, I'm picking him in like the fifth round, dude. I'm too scared. I want to hear your arguments. Well, I, I think you should also give the backstory that I had him the first two years, uh, and he was great for me. And then last year I passed on him, and then you scooped him up right after me, and that kind of like nosedived your your four peat attempt, you know, which does go back to the theory that if you're you don't nail those first couple picks. It's hard to win. It um, is. It is hard to win. You still made the playoffs. You know, you still did a really good job. But it's hard to bring it home, you know, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, he, here's what I'll do. I'm, I'm going to pull up uh, Pittsburgh's uh, kind of the, what, the, what they're working with right now uh, and share it on the, the, the YouTuber. So if you're on the Fancy Millionaires YouTube, thank you, the one person who's watching. I don't know who you are, but God bless your soul. Um but I'm going to pull up their offense. I'm just going to go over the numbers that I have for him. And I don't think they're outrageous this year. You know, I looked at Mike Tomlin's offense, uh, according to this tool, for the last couple years. And and here are his his splits. You know, uh, a couple years ago, 2018, he had his quarterback threw it 689 times. That's an insane amount of times. He ran uh, 1,034 plays. Last year was a broken season. Roethlisberger hurt. You know, so the data doesn't isn't great. You know, but even last year he threw the ball 510 times, and he ran it about 400 times. And so they didn't have as much output. They didn't have as as, as many you know rushes and carries. So this year in my tool, I gave uh, Big Ben about 575 uh, attempts. Now it could be less. It could be a little bit less. Uh, of that, when looking at the wide receivers, you know, I went down. I gave Juju Smith-Schuster 25 percent. It's about nine targets a game. You know, maybe that's a little bit high. I don't. I'm. I'm you know, maybe he gets seven. Or eight, you know, in that range. But that still gives him 144 targets. That's still a bunch, you know. And at his clip, he, he catches the ball at 67% rate in this tool. Uh, it still gets him, you know, uh, 1,200 yards. So I don't think, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to hit that mark. I think that's kind of like the, the best that he could do in this scenario. It's not the the, the floor. It's the it's it's not the um, it's just, it's definitely the, ce the ceiling for him, not the floor. But uh, I, I like my guy Deontay Johnson later on. I actually have him for the same amount of touchdowns as Juju. He's going to get less targets this year. Um, I have him at 115 targets this year and 77 receptions. But you can get him in the ninth, 10th, you know, way later uh, compared to Juju. But I, I think Juju will bounce back. I think he'll be better. And, and at, at the third round, maybe he's not a great value. Um, and maybe he's not somebody I'm targeting in the third round. But... I do think he does have a solid season this year, uh, and he he's he didn't have a shirt off picture, but he had a, a big apologetic Twitter thing that he put out too, just apologizing to his fans and to everybody who's team Juju about his poor performances last year. So you know, he's a young man who is a lot of fun and brings a lot of energy to the team and brings a lot of you know, you know that AB thing, man. I think set him back too. AB was his mentor, he was his buddy on the team, and then he just crushed him, you know. Uh, so I think Juju was, was kind of a little bit lost last year, and he got hurt, and it's, it's hard to, to be consistent. So I think he does bounce back. Uh, he's not going to be on most of my teams this year, but he's he's not going to be terrible. He's not going to be, uh, you know, ruining your team like he did last year. You think he's going to bounce back from from 42 catches and 552 receiving yards and 71 targets? Yeah, I 
I do. Mitchell is back a little, that's for sure. But I think one of the reasons why what happened last year, he had 552 yards receiving. I think one of them was like a 90-yard reception because I, I had him on my team and he broke one to the house last year. Yeah. So I think that he's the best blocking wide receiver in the league, and they learned that last year. And he's going to keep doing that because they almost they almost made the playoffs with that horrible set of quarterback, quarterbacks they had last year. Yeah. I just I just I'm scared of him. So I, I'm. You're, you're passing he 60, on Juju. He, he was 64th last year in our league. He was 64th. <laughs> so. Uh, well, remember New yeah. Year, New Year. New Year and, and Roethlisberger's back, so it is – I can see, you know, I'll, I'll take him, but I'm not taking him in the third round, so. Okay. Well, you know, I love how we were supposed to keep this under an hour, and we're already hemorrhaging at the 68-minute mark. But it's okay, because we're ready for three tweets. Three tweets, bro. It's three tweets time. Time for some three yeah. I, uh, tweets. I have my – should I pull yours up? Let me no get yours. Let me wait. Hold on. Let me go with go mine. Okay. I I didn't even send it to you. So let oh, me go ahead and get. It. Yeah, get that. Hook that up, yo. Hook I, that up. I sent it to you another time because it was such a good tweet, and then I was like, dang, I just shouldn't have sent it. But oh, are you lamenting a a a scent that you already sent? I like to surprise. You know what I mean? Like okay. I like I like to. I like to give you the joy of a first, a first read during three tweets. Okay, so you, you've shown me this before, so that kind of devalues it in your mind, is what you're saying. It's it doesn't it doesn't get the freshness uh-huh. that, that you know we like to get. Okay, you know, I like it when I just can come at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. Well, don't here. worry, I'm gonna bring the freshness. My mine is is super fresh. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna um, we're, we're close to it. I thought, oh yeah, here we go. Okay. All right, I'm gonna rewind that. So let me know when you have the video up. The video is of uh, two guys on a beach uh, with chainsaws. That's what we're looking at right now. If you're listening to the podcast. You're not going to believe where this is either. Uh, this is in Toronto. All right. You ready? Almost. Almost. Uh, we, maybe we should turn down our volume a little bit because there's chainsaws involved in this. So I, I'm putting my volume at half on Twitter just so you know where I'm at because chainsaws, bro. Chainsaws. Chainsaws. Let me know when you're ready to roll. All right. Yeah, let me turn my volume down a little bit. Okay. A three, a two, a one, a go. So, two guys yelling. Disgusting. They've got chainsaws and they got no shirts on, and they're walking towards the guy filming. 
White people are scattering as they come up to the boat dock. It's the funniest thing I've seen. What is this? <laughs> it's a couple of crazy guys in Toronto uh, who just happened to show up uh, at a local beach with chainsaws. <laughs> so imagine you and your Canuck buddies are out at, at, at a little beach lake in Toronto, going to, you know, I don't know, Drink some brews, some Molsons, and and go out on the lake. And then two, it looked like they they might have been Hispanic guys. I couldn't tell uh, what their nationality was, but they were cussing. They were tatted up, no shirts, and they had chainsaws. And they were just advancing, cussing and advancing, and the people were scattering. So I I found that very amusing today. Uh, and that, if if that happened to me at a beach, it would be memorable for sure. So. That is memorable. I'm going to give you that. That's a strong, that's a strong, weird tweet off the interwebs, and that's what, totally we're, that's what we're looking for. We're totally weird. Yeah, very weird. Super. Uh, this was one of my faves. Um, so I just sent it to you. Okay. In your DMs. It's not a video. Just a great tweet. All right, I'm pulling it up right now. And I can read it. Yeah, how does it start? It says, one time I saw a taping of Ellen, and the intern got Ellen the wrong kind of coffee. Security took the intern outside, and then we heard a gunshot, but Ellen said it was unrelated. Oh, Ellen. <laughs> Ellen's scary, man. I, who who would have known? What, what, what is going, going on with Ellen? Man. I don't even know everything. Do you know everything? Uh, you know, I heard uh, some podcasts talking about it. I don't want to get sued by anybody, you know. Um, but it sounds like there was systemic... Alleg the allegations are that there is systemic uh, abuse of power and mistreatment of people... Maybe at times sexual, maybe at times just very disrespectful and uh, dehumanizing. I, I think one thing we're all at, at a crossroads now in, in humanity is we need to be, treat each other with respect. And if we if we don't, people kind of are upset and, and fed up. So it seems like there was a lot of kind of, you know, top down, in your face, have a taste, uh, which works for parenting <laughs> growing up because I had a heaping helping of it. But I'm not allowed to give it out anymore. So what are you going to do? Oh, hold on, brother. Wait a sec. What's going on? All right, we're back. I'm going to just have to keep on the screen. I don't know why I did that. Okay. Yeah, well, times, they are changing, that's for sure. Um, I just I just thought that was... I don't even... I haven't been following all of it, but that one made me LOL. So. I like it. Uh, I'm going to give you the, the winner for your oh. chainsaw one. Uh, do you have a... Do you have the third tweet being the winner of the week? You know, I, I do. Uh, I sent it to you in your DMs, and it, so it really wasn't a tweet. It was a picture. But uh, mm -hmm. pull up that picture from J.J. Zacharyson in there. Um, because, you know, here's the thing about the, the fantasy community that is pretty cool, is that we're all connected, and uh, we care about each other. We love each other. We support each other. 
Um, I wouldn't be here without everybody else and their encouragement and their friendship and and, and their love and support, uh, particularly going through what I'm going through with my daughter. And so, you know, JJ sent me uh, in the in the mail today. Uh, it came. He DM me and said it. It just got there. <laughs> so I was like, man, that's awesome. You know, he's a he's a uh, um, he's like a little postal delivery man. Let me know that, that the UPS package has arrived. Um, but I'm pulling it up on my screen right now, and what he sent over was he's a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, by the way, and I think that should be noted in this. Uh, he his team just got eliminated from the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. Uh, he sent over to me uh, and for London an Ovechkin bobblehead or like a, a no a, a pop. So like a, a pop figure. It's not a bobblehead. Sorry. It's a, it's a pop figure. Um, and he sent a little note over, and I'm not going to read the note, but, you know, it just was encouraging London. Uh, it was really nice, and I appreciated that. And so you know, I think in this, in this industry and in this process, we always want a chance to highlight people who uh, are doing well, especially with, you know, in light of some of the jokes we made earlier today, um, where people are not making good choices, people are not treating each other right. Uh, I, I always look for opportunities to highlight when people are doing a great job. And, you know, he's not somebody who would boast about that or tell anybody that. And, um, you know, I just I think he's a great guy. There's a bunch of great guys out there um, who are in this business. And I'm excited, man. I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to do it with you. I'm excited to be able to share my art and my love of fantasy football with everybody uh, this year. So I think that's it. A little, little different, and you know, ending for, for us this, you know, today than the normal. Uh, and if you have a chance, you know, say a prayer for my daughter who's uh, going through some things right now. Uh, and uh, hopefully she can be home tomorrow. So just pray that, you know, she gets back to us. Definitely. Definitely, man. Uh, to all the people out there that your prayers, man, definitely pray for Jesse's daughter. And uh, that's really cool, man. I love that. I love JJ is a beast, dude. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give that I'm gonna give that that's equal to ten. I'm only gonna do Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that is the JJ Zacharyson air horn for the starts his podcast. So inside joke there. Uh, But no, he's awesome, and uh, and so are you, good sir, and so is your beard. Let me just tell you, I didn't, I can't close out this episode. My beard is long for this world. My beard's gonna be here until the Super Bowl or until my wife leaves me so uh whichever comes first mike's beard could come or go depending on on how things turn out i don't want to portend to evil but it his isn't the same as mine it's a, it's a different I, game he's playing listen i appreciate that that that's uh you look good uh, brother you look good what we just become best friends we did a little bit all right, sir. Well, to everybody watching online, episode two of the books. Take our picks and win your league, dude. And uh, we'll have we'll have round three through four next week, and then um, and then we'll do probably six through eight, and then like sleepers because now you're just you know you're drafting. So yeah, I mean you shake it once, it's okay. You keep shaking it. <laughs> Sometimes it just keeps trembling. I think he does. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Peace.